Would you pray with me? Loving God, be with us now in this time, grateful, with grateful hearts for the gift it is to be together in this space, the gift of each other, the gift of community and of good music and prayer and, and of your word for us today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. So last week, Clover introduced our new sermon series, Life in the Spirit. With our community coming back together in person more, we thought we would do a refresher on the kind of values that we are trying to live by here at Montview. Think of it as a kind of primer on social, spiritual social skills. Since we haven't been together for a while, we might be a little rusty. And to help with this, we're using the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, because there he offers two very helpful lists. One he calls works of the flesh, that includes things like jealousy, dissension, and fornication, which he recommends doing less of. And the other he calls fruit of the Spirit, things like peace, patience, gentleness, and love. These he suggests doing more of. There are nine different fruits in Paul's list, and we plan to take one of these each Sunday and, and go a little deeper with it. So for today, I chose the spiritual fruit of joy, which I now realize was a mistake. You see, Joy and I, we have, we have history. I've read a lot about it. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. I've given a number of sermons through the years about it. And even after all this time, I don't really feel like I know what joy is. And at this point, I know I need to just let joy go. But I just keep coming back to it. I see the potential that other people don't see in joy. I, I keep trying to make it things that probably aren't there. It's really not a very healthy relationship. And now I've brought you into it, and I'm sorry about that, and, but that's where we are. You see, the basic problem is that I keep trying to make a clear distinction between joy and happiness. I keep trying to insist that joy is eternal and happiness temporal, that joy comes from heaven and happiness from earth. I want joy to be that feeling that wells up inside of us even when things aren't going well, while happiness needs things to be just right because it depends on external circumstances, whereas joy comes from within. I want to think of happiness as the brother that's fun, but you don't take him all that seriously, and joy as the one you marry. But it's not working out. You see, whenever I think I can see a clear difference between them, things get blurry again. It makes sense on paper, but in the moment, I can't tell which one that I'm with. Take, for example, breakfast. I love breakfast. It's one of my three favorite meals. <laughs> and on those occasions, when I get the eggs and the toast and the bacon all cooked just the way I like them and miraculously ready all at just the right time, and I sit down and I take all that in, in that moment, I am undoubtedly 
tapping into the primal reptilian brain response to pleasure that, that I'm calling happiness. But I'm also feeling frontal lobe things like gratitude and contentment and, and even blessed by this simple, earthbound, soon-to-be-gone gift in front of me. I can't tell which part of me is feeling happiness and which part is joy. And it's the same, you know, when I bury my face in the peony bush in our front yard and breathe deeply into those pink softballs from heaven. It's the same when I'm sitting somewhere special on a, on a beach somewhere or at the top of a mountain or sometimes just in my backyard. And in that moment, all feels right with the world. In these times, I can't tell if I'm experiencing just an earthly pleasure or spiritual transcendence. And I'm not sure anymore that it really matters. After all, we do profess that God created the earth and all that's in it and declared it good. And we do celebrate that Jesus came to us incarnate. So maybe it's better not to make such a big deal about joy. Maybe joy isn't so special. Maybe we should accept that joy and happiness are they're just inextricably woven together, part earth, part heaven, kind of like us. Which is why I struggle with Paul's language today. Live by the Spirit, he says, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. Paul draws a pretty clear line between flesh and spirit. And I've read enough to think we probably don't know exactly what Paul had in mind here, but we do know what others have taken of what Paul has written and the way they've gone down that same road that I tend to go, through, go to with joy, making eternal, ephemeral, disembodied heaven the source of all things good and this messy, muddy body, world of bodies, at best, the place of leftovers, and at worst, the source of all evil. So I'd like to propose different wording for Paul's categories that I think might better describe what Paul is trying to get at here. And yes, I realize mansplaining one of the most influential thinkers in history is pretty arrogant. But humility is seldom the strength of preachers anyway. And humility doesn't even show up on Paul's list of spiritual fruits, does it? So how important could it be anyway? And seriously, I do think that Paul is getting to something important. And I do think that those categories of flesh and spirit are problematic. So with great respect, if not humility, I would offer instead Works, instead of works of the flesh and fruit of the Spirit, that we try works of division and fruits of integrity. And I know it doesn't roll off the tongue quite as nicely, but stick with me. Paul's works of the flesh all seem to describe to me either an internal division, the kind where we're at odds with ourselves because we've let our appetites for food, drink, sex, Netflix, get out of whack, 
or they describe an external division, the kind where we're at odds with others because we're angry or envious or being petty. And the antidote, what Paul calls the fruits of the Spirit, well, that's what happens when that division is healed. As Clover said last week, the fruit of the Spirit describes both what we are becoming and the way that we get there. We practice being more peaceful, patient, and gentle, and we become more peaceful, patient, and gentle. Which is to say we become more whole. And I chose that word integrity because it comes from the root word for whole. Like in math, you have an integer. It's a whole number. It's not a fraction. It's not divided. And when we are divided, when we are fractured, we are out of our integrity. And so much of what Paul is getting at when he talks about life in the Spirit, and so much of what we talk about here in church is about healing the divisions within us when we don't treat ourselves the way we should, or about the divisions around us when we don't treat each other the way we should. Paul is talking about growing in integrity, wholeness. And when we think about joy, the fruit that we're focusing on this week, isn't it true that it's hard to experience real joy when we're out of integrity? Think about the times that you've been out of balance with your eating or drinking sexually, in relationships with others, you can experience moments of pleasure, but they're shallow. They're not grounded because you're not grounded. The pleasure doesn't come from that deep place of rightness and goodness and gratefulness because we're not at peace. We're not, we're divided. So maybe the distinction between joy and happiness isn't, one, isn't that one comes from heaven and the other comes from earth. Maybe the difference between them is that when we are living lives that are too divided, we can feel happiness, but not much joy. Because real joy is, is the gift that opens to us as we grow in wholeness as we heal the division in our life, as we live with greater and greater integrity. So I guess there is something special about joy after all. You know, I think Joy and I are going to get back together. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>